From Courtside of the Virtual Hardwood, it's the MLSC Podcast, episode number 375. Andrew with you once again. I am Andrew in the forum and Andrew NLSC on Twitter. My co-host and fellow NLSC team member is Derek. You know him in the forum as Deeper3, and he is Deeper384 on Twitter. I'm happy to be here again. Uh, just so the audience knows, Andrew and I have spent a ton of time playing NBA Live 10 this week. Mm. If, if you haven't seen the videos on YouTube or the ones that we've been putting on Twitter, we've been using Parsec. And also, um, we tried Steam Play together, which is just kind of a nightmare in itself, which we'll get into. But we've been using Parsec to connect. Um, and we're on different parts of the, in different parts of the world, so I'm surprised it works as good as it does. But yeah, a lot of time spent with NBA Live 10 this week. It's been good. It's it's been it's kind of made it my new retro jam. Actually, I, I'm really into to live ten at the moment now. The, the gameplay holds up nicely. I, I I enjoy the gameplay more than live nineteen. Yeah, I I think it's more free. You don't have all the canned animations that live nineteen has. Um, the passing feels more responsive. Uh, I, I enjoy the lighting and graphics a little bit more actually in live ten as well in the atmosphere. So um, it's been really nice to revisit it, and we've actually had some pretty good games as well. And it's really fun, you know, like I showed you, you know, putting the highlights together. It's just really fun, you know, after a session, quickly putting those highlights together and watching them because you can just see a lot of good things with the game. You can see a lot of good gameplay elements and a lot of fun that was being had, you know, executing and whatnot. And we've gotten some nice comments from them as well. We've shared them on on our Twitter accounts, we've shared it on YouTube, both your YouTube and the NLC YouTube, which we will be promoting during the course of the show. And, and also in the forum, we have a thread in the NLC hub and also the NBA Live 10 section in the, the video and media thread, I believe it is. We've been sharing it there and a few people have been commenting on it. And it, it's nice. I mean, obviously, retro content, it's it's an acquired taste. Not everybody likes to go back as, as we do. You, we've talked about that before, about how you and I do like to go way back and that's why i'd like to do way back wednesday and it's why we do a feature like this but it has been fun to not just go back and uh, to try something new with parsec which as you said we'll be getting into this episode and and test that out and, and play an old classic but also to create some content for it as well yeah i mean we've tried uh, quite a few other games as well um seems to like nba live 10 works the best which is odd in my opinion i'm not sure why it does um but it seems like nba live 10 runs the best on parsec but yeah we want to bring more content to the community um more gameplay from classic games i know that a lot of people really enjoy like my, my live 2001 video got quite a few views um a lot of people enjoy those older live titles and 2k titles and basketball titles in general so it'd be nice to get it to work really well um on those older titles so we can bring more gameplay uh to the community so we will be getting into that a bit later on in the show. That will be our feature discussion this week as we talk about our adventures with Parsec. But we do want to touch on some news first, and it's, well, it's it's non-news, really. But in that respect, it's also news because, of course, it generates clickbait. And that is, of course, that uh, EA Play is returning this year, which is EA's, well, it's basically like their E3. It's it's their, uh, their yearly event. Of course, uh, the pandemic has put a, a kibosh on that last year, but it is coming back this year. Well, actually, they did have it last year, didn't they? It was just virtual, wasn't it? They, they did. They had it. Yeah, it was just virtual. So yeah, just remember, they were showing off. Um, they were showing off. Uh, I want to say, was it Tony Hawk? I don't know if it was them that um, that showed that out. Um, but people were talking about some of the games they were disappointed in not seeing uh, at the last show last year. I, su- I suppose that's relevant because 
as far as our community goes, obviously we've been talking a lot about the return of NBA Live or what we'd like to see, a return of NBA Live. And people have noted that the titles that are listed for EA Play 2021 uh, do not include NBA Live. So that has obviously led to speculation as to the future again. Uh, obviously, this is something that we've covered a lot, Derek, and we don't we don't want to repeat ourselves too much uh, to cover too, uh, too familiar ground here, but we do have some confirmation. As it stands at the moment, there is no NBA Live uh, listed for EA Play 2021. So not necessarily something to expect. Uh, but again, uh, is this something that we should worry about? Nah, all of a sudden you see videos coming out that say like NBA Live 22 release date. <laughs> the, the clickbait <laughs> is so coming, yeah. Like on it, yeah, and then like I'm not going to do my Jay Leno impression again, but just like talking <laughs> over it. Um, but people click on the video and they interact, and then and then they, I don't know. It's, I think people are just now loving clickbait. It seems you know, they just love to click on those videos and go in there, and even if the video says nothing, they just. You know, they don't even call it out. They don't go, hey, there's no release date for NBA Live 22. Anyway, so, yeah, I, um, yeah, I, it doesn't surprise me that it's not showing up. I will say, though, I'm sticking with my guns here. I, I, I'm still, I, I still think we're going to get an announcement. I don't know why. I, I just, I feel like we're still going to get NBA Live 22, whether it's a late, whether it comes later in the year, um, or, you know, the announcement comes later in the year or whatnot. I still think that we're going to get it. And at the very latest live 23, but, um, yeah, I just don't, I don't see them giving, you know, waiting another year before releasing. I, I think we're going to get something this year, but I could be wrong. It's just my opinion. I mean, we, we're certainly hoping for good news. As we've said before, we, we want to have that, the choices. We want to have competition in the space. We want to have viable choices. We've seen what happens when one company has a monopoly. Uh, Madden fans can tell can tell you all about the problems with uh, just one game coming out. So we do want to see NBA Live return. I, I feel less optimistic. Uh, I, I mean, I certainly would have felt more optimistic if I'd seen a mention of the game being there. Uh, it, it could, as you say, it could it could be that there's an announcement, uh, a, a teaser, a preview, rather than the game being heavily shown or featured. Uh, so, so it is it is possible, but again, that is not confirmed. So anybody saying that it is is is, is purely speculating or uh, BSing, as as the case may be. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those things that until I see an actual announcement, it's going to be hard to get uh, particularly excited. I think I'm feeling a bit more cynical uh, than you are at the moment. And of course, you know, we, we talked last week about the uh, the situation with uh, Luka Doncic. Yeah. I, I mean, again, the Luka Doncic thing doesn't, didn't surprise me because if he's approached by 2K, um, he's one of the most popular players in the world right now. They're probably going to make him a cover athlete for 2K22. That's my prediction. Um, it makes sense for them. If Doncic gets approached by 2K, what is he going to do? He's going to break his contract to the A. So that doesn't surprise me. Um, and then this news, what if the game, they, what if they don't believe they're going to be able to make the impression they want, right? After another couple of years layoff of not releasing games. So, yeah, I, I, it, it doesn't mean that it's not going to be released. Is it a sign that it could not be released? Yes. But I don't think it's, it, it's dead in the water. Like I said, if you're EA and you don't believe that you have anything to show off for NBA Live, and if if something if anything looks off, would you want to show it at that point? It would be disastrous, I think, at this point, because we've it would seen be a disaster. that. Disaster. Yeah, yeah. We, we've seen that over the past generation when they've 
failed to impress. And they've come out with something at formerly E3 and now EA Play, their own event. And it's people said, oh, looks like the same old stuff. And then the demo comes out and, oh, well, it's a little bit improvement, but it's still basically the same game that hasn't really swayed us from 2K. So and we've talked about this before, how we, how we believe that Live does need to have, make that big splash on its return, how it does need to impress. We can't expect it to have absolutely everything we want, but it does need to impress. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, what I think I would like to see, just to get the hype started, just to get people talking, just to get people to you know, cling on to something, it would be nice for like a little teaser video, right? Mm. So no, it's not, at, not fully at EA Play, but maybe they do like a 10-second graphic, right? Like a quick 10-second video that says The Return or something like that. I don't a, know. a logo flashes for, up. Yeah. Or a logo flashes up, yeah. And then gets people talking on social media. Oh, it's coming back. Oh, they're working on it. And that would be a good way for, that, for people to get pumped up to start the hype without possibly breaking people's, you know, like, like they see something they don't like. You know what I mean? Like, they see a part of the game, they're like, oh, this doesn't look as good as I was hoping, or, oh, live's dead already, and stuff like that. It's, it's so, not showing their cards straight away, yeah. Right. So, I mean, that's that's what I would like to see. And who knows, by the way, that could happen. Who knows? Well, to that so, point, uh, to that point, uh, the, the B-Ball Pundit, uh, at uh, B-Ball Pundit on Twitter, shout out to you, has uh, actually submitted a mailbag question, which is relevant to this topic, so we'll, uh, we'll answer it here. Uh, asks, uh, do we think we'll see Live 22 at EA Play? I think if we do see it, it's going to be, as you say, that little teaser, a logo flashes across the screen, coming soon, or the, as you say, the return, and just NBA Live 22, or, the, or just NBA Live, something like that, just hinting at the future, because we have seen them obviously hiring people, which, uh, like Scott O'Gallagher, which would seem very unlikely if they weren't putting all their, putting the effort into <laughs> into making a, a console NBA Live, not just NBA Live Mobile. I mean, he could be working on other things, but why you'd hire a basketball mind for another project seems uh, ridiculous. And you could say, oh, well, EA's make some strange decisions sometimes. I don't think that's strange. I think they still kind of put the personnel, um, if they're going to hire people from 2K who've been working on NBA 2K, it, it is going to be to work on NBA Live. So I, I think if we see anything at EA Play, it is going to be just that teaser, a flash, a snippet, uh, a mention, maybe, if, if somebody asks about it, that there might be somebody might hint at its, its future, somebody who's interviewed might uh, might speak on it. Uh, so we might have a presence in that respect, but I'm, I'm not expecting to see a, a big trailer, gameplay footage, big previews, anything like that. I mean, I could be wrong, and, and it could blow us away, and that would be amazing, but I, I'm going to keep my expectations low and think it, it, it's probably just going to be a, a teaser like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I think the expectations are, they, you know, for me, that they are going to say nothing. Like, that's what I expect, right? Mm. You know, you saw the lineup of games. Maybe they say nothing. Again, that doesn't mean that they're not going to release anything. And that doesn't mean that... Because EA Play isn't the end-all, right? Oh, yeah. It's a showcase, but it's not an end-all. But, yeah, like I said, it doesn't mean that I don't think we're going to be getting NBA Live 22. Um, The the Scott O'Gallagher move, um, the moves they made in general, the hiring for community managers um, not related to NBA Live Mobile, um, all the signs point to them working on this for this gen of consoles, working on the NBA Live series. Um, They said they were coming back. I believe that they're coming back. Um, As we've talked about in the past, the last message that they had on their social media channel, 
what concerns me more, and I know I sound like a broken record, is the fact that they just don't talk about the series ever. Yes. Nothing. Yes. See, hear, nothing. And it is absolutely, the silence is deafening. It is absolutely ridiculous. We have a social, a silence on social media about a series, a basketball series that has been around for 25 plus years and has released numerous titles, many very popular and still talked about fondly today. And you say nothing. You're not engaging in the community. You're not getting people to talk about the games, think about the games, um, you know, having NBA live in people's heads, etc. Nothing. And from a marketing perspective, from an, uh, from an outreach perspective, um, from a promotional perspective, it is ridiculous. They Great. should be embarrassed. And, and, yeah. and just it, we, we see this, how, how ridiculous it is on the ground. It's not this thing, well, well, they have nothing to promote. You don't just promote the newest game. You promote the brand, right? And the brand has a storied history. Sure, there's a lot of bumps in the road, but there's a lot of things they can talk about, engage people with in the community, ask questions on the most popular social media platforms instead of keeping all of this crap closed or or closed discussions, etc., or only using one or two different platforms to do so. They should be active on Twitter. They should be active on Facebook. They should be active on Instagram. They should be putting gameplay videos out, etc., we're doing more to promote NBA Live in the. Le- We've done more to promote NBA Live in the past week than they have in three years. <laughs> I, I was going to say, with, with the 25th anniversary, if, if, I was doing the work for them. I was doing the retrospectives. Obviously, I'm going into some negatives as well, which they probably wouldn't want to promote. But I'm putting out the retrospective content, the other articles, uh, media, etc. You know, I, I tagged them. I didn't expect the retweets, and and certainly didn't get them. I'll go. I'll probably go into this at some point in the in the future as well with with certain articles. But there was some change with the community manager where the old crowd. I, I mentioned it before on the podcast actually. We were all kind of shuffled out in in favor of the new crowd, the YouTubers, whatever. So we weren't even getting retweets and things like that. I mean, they still follow the NLSC account. So if there's anybody monitoring it, they would see the tag presumably. But again, yeah, I was doing the work for them as far as having some 25th anniversary content. All they needed to do was retweet it. Yeah, and the thing is, though, is I don't think they have the right minds on that team, on the marketing team, on the promotional side. Do they have any minds on it? Or is there anybody out there right now? It's really crazy, right? Like, is anybody monitoring that channel, handling that channel on Twitter right now? Are they doing anything? Don't don't seem to be doing anything now. So how do you do that? How do you go from 25-plus years of making basketball video games you know, having the NBA license and, you know, paying the respects to retro in some of the past titles and, um, you know, like having some of the biggest artists in music, you know, on your soundtracks. And, you know, you have, you know, all these innovations, you know, you have the right stick dribbling and, and the things that you came up with first and you were the first to have the WNBA and an NBA title and all that stuff. So how do you go from all of that to nothing? to no promotion, no brand promotion, no, no talking about any of it. It's just, I don't know. I like, I I talked to somebody said to me recently, they said in the comments, like you should work for, you know, they should hire you at 2k um, because 
you know, I was just talking about some of my issues with their design choices and um, the gambling mechanics and, and all of that stuff and, um, you know, how I feel a lot of that takes advantage of people. And I, and I said to that person, I said, there is no way in hell, and it doesn't matter what my expertise are, to be honest with you. There's no way – if, let's say I had – I was a great program coordinator or – you know, I had coding skill or like I was like a leftos or something like that where I had, um, you know, the ability to, you know, do all this stuff internally with the games and everything. It doesn't matter what my skills are. I'm too honest. And I've burned, I, I've probably burned bridges both with 2K and EA Sports because who would want to work with somebody who just said what I said about EA Sports, right? But even, like, even then, you know, even putting that aside, even if you want to say, okay, you know, he's he's critical as uh, you know, these guys are critical in their role as content creators in the community. Even if we get there and we're and they're all willing to accept us for our attitudes and our previous comments and everything, we're still at the the mercy of the executive producer at the suits that, that are higher up than the executive producer. Uh, if if that is not in the if you don't have free reign to implement those ideas, if, if there's if there's if there are politics and we do believe there are behind player ratings. It doesn't really matter if the approach is to sell these overpowered cards that don't really respect history or accuracy, but they're they're desirable, they're desirable uh, content to have because they're powerful to have. You know, it, it doesn't really matter. You can have all the knowledge and the skill and the passion in the world, but if if the if the vision isn't isn't uh, lining up with that, it doesn't really matter. Right. Exactly. And and, and see, that's part of the problem too. Is and that's been one of the biggest problems with NBA Live in the recent past, not just the recent past, like 13 years ago, 14, 15 years ago. Um, the suits are not giving, not only not putting the right people in the right places to work on the games, but they're also not giving them the appropriate time, um, resources, and possibly money. I don't know that side of it, but I'm, I'm guessing that could be part of a problem. I'm not sure. Possibly, yeah. Um, not yeah, putting, yeah, they're not putting the time, resources, and money into the nba live series and the people that are working on the series no matter how passionate they are about basketball if the suits have a certain direction for them to go into or they only approve certain aspects of the game um then you know certain modes certain depth um etc then they're strapped so yeah we have we have that problem and i'm not saying that i should work for ea or 2k i'm not saying that i would I'm working on some things myself right now. Like, I'm not saying that, you know, if I, ever, if I ever wanted to, and I think you can agree with this, I think if I ever could work for either EA or 2K, I think it would be EA just because I'd want to be a part of something great, like something new, exciting, fun, something like growing. Mm, yeah. Um, bringing NBA back, like it would be like this story. Like, remember, I'm a big fan of the Rocky movies. Obviously, there'd be opportunities at 2K as well, but you, you, as you say, you'd be you'd have the opportunity to be on the ground floor of this of this comeback of this storied franchise. Right, exactly. It feels like Rocky jumping in the ring with Apollo Creed, the champ. You know what I mean? Not given a chance and taking him the distance. Like it's that type of situation. So I think there's an exciting aspect of um, you know being on that sort of team, and you know you know, have, being part of that story. But yeah, anyway, the, the point, the point is, is that the, the silence is deafening. We even had an entire episode about that. Titled that. And I think <laughs> they can do better. Yeah, they can do better and they can do a lot better, but they need to do something. 
Yeah, right? absolutely. So, yeah, that's the thing. And as for EA Play, I, I think we're both keeping our expectations low at, at this at this point. It doesn't look like anything is, is scheduled, anything more than a possible teaser. But my advice for, for, to people would be to not get your hopes up basically at this, at this point because nothing is announced it's not there in any of the upcoming titles uh, doesn't mean that the plans won't change so look i'll, I'll gladly I'll gladly eat my words uh, on this if i if i'm wrong because if i'm wrong it could mean good things for nba live great things perhaps so uh, i don't i certainly don't mind being proven wrong when uh, <laughs> when it's good news uh, but yeah i i think we should keep our expectations uh we'll temper them for now yeah and that's that's healthy I'll say again, though, as far as expectations, I do expect them to release a title this year, so we'll see what happens. So from a title that may or may not come to a title that has been and is back in our rotation, uh, NBA Live 10. We've been playing that head-to-head over Parsec, and it's been it's been pretty fun for the most part. I know I've had my frustrations at times as we've been trying to work out the lag, but we've got it working pretty well, and it's come. we've had some pretty good games over the past week, and... You've uh, put together some highlights and you put together a package which I uploaded to the NLSC's YouTube channel as well and shared on our social media. So we're going to reflect a little bit on that because it's uh, it has been an adventure. I've loved it. Uh, and I do want to say, even though there's a little bit of lag on your end, it still plays far better than that NBA Live tw- uh, NBA 2K21 game that we played over um, when it first came out for PC. Oh, with Steam, yeah. That's absolutely terrible. The way that felt, how sluggish it was, the delay, all of that stuff. Um, so Parsec is gold. And I just want to say that the fact that Andrew is on the other side of the world and we can he can connect to my computer, I'm the host when we do this, um, and we can legitimately play games right from my desktop and it works pretty good, um, you know, a good majority of the time, uh, that's just impressive. And the fact that, you know, I can take highlights, screenshots, all of that stuff just adds a whole new element to content creation. And I wish that we had actually tried it earlier, um, you know, like last year or something like that. But I recommend Parsec to anybody, and I think you would as well. Uh, it's really easy to get set up. It takes like five minutes to download and just like adjust, uh, tweak the settings to what they need to be. Uh, so, yeah, Parsec's great. But NBA Live 10 has been the go-to game. And the more I play it, the more I, like I alluded to on the start, at the start of the podcast, the more I play it, the more I think it might be hard to say. It might be my favorite NBA live game gameplay wise over the last 15 years, 16, mm-hmm. 17 years. No, it might be the yeah. gameplay maybe ever for live. It was definitely it was definitely up there, and it was it was Mike Wong was was a, was a big part of it. Baluba was a big part of it because he was that was his last game. He worked on O nine and ten, and they had uh, yeah yeah they they just did a tremendous job with Live Ten basically. And it's a shame that it lost further sales to uh, to Two K because it from from what I've heard the direction for Elite Eleven was already in place. But if it had done better, I think maybe they might have looked at that and said, okay, let's hold off on that for a year. Let's just polish that a little bit in the background. Let's see where this goes first, because this has done really well. This has been really well received. And it was well received, but it did sell less than 2K, 2K10 that year. So, yeah, it's another one of those what-if situations. There's, there's, we've talked about that before on the podcast, uh, You know, the Live 06 the other week. What a what-if that was. And Live 10, the other turning point, and Elite 11. And so you just see these 
these points in the series where if you know for want of a nail for want of a <laughs> for want of a better decision live could still be with us today and, and thriving I, I gotta say, NBA Live 10, in comparison to NBA 2K10, I actually am enjoying Live 10 quite a bit more right now, and, and I think the reason, there's a couple reasons for that. One, um, both games have great atmosphere, but from for atmosphere, but from a gameplay standpoint, uh, that right stick dribbling on NBA Live 10 is really good. I mean, it's really good. Like, the control, the moves we were pulling off, like in the last game that we played, me using rookie Steph Curry and, you know, backing up and, you know, crossing over one way and then quickly going the other way and getting in between the seams of the defense and stuff like that. Um, Like, there is such a major gap with feel and control from a ball handling perspective on NBA Live 10 um, over NBA 2K10 that it makes just such a wild difference for me from an enjoyment um, aspect. I also think that the post game is on par on NBA Live 10 as 2K10. And I think that overall the graphics are you know just as good really i mean i don't see the i don't see a problem with nba live 10's graphics at all so they definitely did a good job there but man what a difference that right stick dribbling and does for feel right it really does i mean i've talked about four about how hold on you know they had size ups you you and i are using them constantly absolutely yeah videos and the fact that they have size up and size ups in live 10 and they don't really have size ups in nba 2k 10 it's another element that live had that 2k didn't that really adds to that authenticity and that feel and then then like i said i've said it so many times nba live 19 comes out you don't have size up it's just size ups like hey guys let's go backwards hey why not right let's let's not give people a feature that they had you know nine years ago um but anyway yeah continue i just like it's it's been playing NBA Live 10 and playing against you, too, which is fun because, you know, we're not cheesing the game or anything like that. But playing NBA Live 10 has been, fu- like, revisiting it has been kind of an eye-opener. Because this is probably the, this is the most I've played it in a long time. Same. So. Same. It, it, apart from getting screenshots for radicals. Or, I went back last year when I did the uh, my retrospective of it because I wanted to have it fresh in my mind and double-check various features and get some screenshots as well. But But certainly to get some hands-on impressions because it had been a while. And you do go back to these games, and I have found, because I was really sticking with the PC at that time, so I didn't spend as much time with the 360, which is where I originally played these games on. I do have the PS3 versions now because I'm a mad collector like that. But playing them again, I am noticing things that I didn't before and, and giving them a chance. And even some of the, the rougher titles, I'm seeing good things in them. Live, but by Live 10, they were getting a, a pretty good amount of polish. As you say, the size-ups are there... Um, then 2K brought them in 2K11 because Mike Wong went back to uh, to 2K that year, took that idea back with him. So we, we're seeing great ideas like that. Ice Emotion in 2K was the big hurdle for me. Uh, I, I did get used to it in 11 and 12, and uh, I can play those games now and enjoy them being more used to the feel of 2K. But I, when I do go back to them, I, I guarantee you that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to launch a shot from half court because I'm going to hit that stick and it's going to fire a shot because I, I want to dribble with it. Uh, right stick dribbling, I think, is just such a huge innovation for basketball games when they brought it in with freestyle in in, um, in live two thousand three, and it really did. You know, they, they called it a revolution, and it's it's one of those. Oh, that's a gimmick. That's marketing, but it, it really was revolutionary. So it's it, it, I really did miss it trying to adjust to two K. So going back to live ten, I'm really appreciating how it feels. The presentation, obviously. You know, the, the plays and even the jerseys at the time, although you and I have been using a lot of throwback jerseys when we've played as well, 
but the game the game has felt pretty good even with dealing with the lag obviously and and the games have, have come out i think that reflects it i think it reflects how fun it's been for the most part for us and and of course how much we and how we play basketball games and as i said at the top of the show it's nice to get some positive comments that people are saying oh i love this ball movement i, I love these plays this this looks pretty real for a game released over a decade ago the, the way you're playing it and, and it's refreshing it's, it's obviously there are other people who who feel as we do about basketball games and, and the style and how to play them and it's uh, it, it's nice it's nice to know that we're not uh, well we may be in the minority but we're certainly not alone yeah a couple things i want to say first off how funny was it when we uh tried to put on NBA live 2006 there and we were rifling full court shots and like taking like float run floater freeze um, because we were hitting the wrong buttons mm-hmm. that people it's, it's really tough to jump from playing like one of the two K's or like NBA live 10 and then go back and play like live 2004 or five. Game, or six game because, game, yeah, it's tough. Oh God. Yeah. You start for you. You're hitting the wrong input. You're throwing alley-oops when you don't want to, you're, you're chucking up threes with the wrong button, um, et cetera. So that was interesting when we tried to do that. Well, uh, even even live ten because we're, the defensive assist is uh, on the right bumper or R one, which is very different to L two or the left trigger in in other games, including more modern games. So there's a lot of if you see us, uh, me in particular, bringing up icon passing for no reason in those videos, it's because I'm forgetting that it's actually R one for defensive assist and defensive stance, and I'm used to you know using a more up to date uh, control method. Yeah, I think the um, yeah the inputs being slightly different, but overall I, I like the placement of buttons and how NBA Live Ten works. I I, I prefer it over like Live O Four and whatnot for um, button mapping overall. Um, and I like I really um, appreciate the one shoot button. So yes, yes, that, works that a good, lot better. Yeah, yeah, shoot button, dunk button, all the same button. It just works a lot better. Uh, it makes you be able to run things quicker, react quicker, all of that stuff. The comments on the gameplay have been fantastic. Um, I think that the, the game that worked the best when we were playing is probably the Celtics-Lakers finals um, you know, game that we played. And definitely a lot of good highlights on that one. Uh, I really enjoyed getting in between the seams with Rondo and kicking it out for KG for his mid-range shots and kind of sizing you up with KG and, and you know looking for Pierce off screens and getting him involved um, from beyond the arc and everything like and then you put in 26 points with um, 20, 26 points on me with Kobe and Pogasaw was hurting me inside. He went for 13 and seven. Like there's just a lot of um, yeah. You did a good job of using Fisher as well. Um, he had a couple shots in the first half that were nice. Yeah, it's it's been fun. Um, and I encourage our our listeners to go onto the Twitter handles and check out those highlights or go on my YouTube and then also the NLSC YouTube um, and take a look at them because. Yeah, I think there's a lot of good basketball going on. A lot of driving and kicking, posting up, facing up in the mid-range, um, you know, stuff like that. Uh, it's been fun. And obviously, you and I, we have a lot of nostalgia for the the 90s and maybe the early 2000s as far as when we were growing up and coming of age as uh, as young adults and, uh, and teenagers and whatnot. But it's, it's we're so far past the early 2010s and, and the late 2000s now that 
there's a kind of nostalgia for the rosters of that time as well. And, and I think that's been fun to play with those rosters again. And it's, it's added to the experience of obviously. And look, I've talked about this in Wayback Wednesday so many times. I know it's become a cliche for me to say it, but these games are like interactive almanacs that you can go back and, and play history and, and play with these old rosters. So it's, you're not just experiencing video games from the time, but also the NBA at the time as well. Obviously, we have retro rosters, which are awesome for current titles and recent uh, 2K releases and, and retro teams every year. But to actually go back and, and, and play with, with a game that, that holds up pretty well as well, it's, it's harder to go back too, too far. Sometimes you go back too far and they don't hold up as well. But to, to play a game that holds up well and to play with those rosters, it's, it's a, double, you know, a double hit of nostalgia with both the NBA and basketball gaming. It really is, and, and we both agree that it was a much better time for the NBA. We feel as that well. way, yes, yes. Competition, yeah, from a competition, um, talent perspective, uh, from a style perspective and whatnot. So seeing those names and using those teams, uh, it feels incredibly classic now for us because it's over a decade ago. Uh, so, yeah, jumping on the court with a baby Curry is really fun. Um, you know, him running the floor with Monta Ellis and Corey Maggetti, uh, a good paper team very good um on paper team uh you know you rolling out the the bobcats and <laughs> gerald wallace and boris dia basically being your uh your best players and you know raja bell going off and, and whatnot <laughs> it is it's a fun it's a fun time um it was a fun time being an nba fan uh it's a fun time to revisit and i agree video games are definitely like basketball almanacs and that's why i get so frustrated sometimes with nba 2k21 and the most recent 2k's where they just give that lack of attention to detail and respect to the classic nba teams and the all-time teams and whatnot by rolling out rush jobs on signatures attributes tendencies etc and the players don't play right on the floor because it is it's like you said an almanac it's almost like a history lesson right and you don't you want to form the right impression and pay the proper respects with that content um, because it will be revisited over and over and over again and it makes a lot of impressions so yeah it's it's really cool to go back and play with those rosters one thing i want to say too about live 10 is and people might you know be like oh really but remember i'm not an ea fanboy and i'm definitely not an nba live fanboy i've been so critical of that series it is ridiculous but NBA Live 10 gameplay holds up easily today. As in, I have more fun recently playing NBA Live 10 by quite a bit than 2K21 recently. Um, because there's less exploits. The pace. Um, I can't just go wide. You know what I mean? To finish on the break. Um, your defenders don't just move out of the way. Uh, the paint is easy to score in for the most part, but at least help tries to come over and it's not just a free, you know, free reign on attacking the basket um ball movement you can see it in the videos ball movement is often required right we can't just iso you know we have to move the ball so um sure the game is 10 11 years old but from a gameplay perspective from a feel perspective um from getting out there and you know getting on the virtual hardwood and whatnot i'm enjoying it more by two than 2k21 and that's why i'm playing it more but these games look ancient derek who would want to play these uh According to uh, get out of here. No, see, and the thing too is, is it holds up well. Um, it holds up well graphically. It does. Also, I need to point, and I think you can agree with this. And I've talked about it so many times. And by the way, this is the main reason why my YouTube channel has as many subscribers as it does. The quality of gameplay when you're playing against uh, another human far exceeds the quality when you're playing against the computer, because 
it's two human minds at work going at each other, strategizing, um, making plays that the computer would never make. So when, you know, playing defense, they wouldn't, the way they wouldn't play it, um, making plays on offense that the computer wouldn't make, whether it be ball movement or certain drives or a combination of moves, um, shots that the computer wouldn't take that you would take, etc. It's why the gameplay looks so good, human versus human. It's also why the, the, uh, it, it's also why it's the best way to play, right? I mean, you can't tell me that playing against a computer is as fun as playing against a human. I mean, that I, actually, I, I like franchise the modes the way and it's kind of building my team and when that. So I, I do kind of like the overall experience there, but there, there is something about the the multiplayer experience that again, you're not dealing with the cheese. You, you, you are dealing with another human mind, obviously, and, and this is the the idea behind online team play is that we we, we get that, but. It's it's been different, obviously. And I mentioned this on Twitter. It's been very different playing with you, a friend, the, than playing with randoms online, with with and against randoms online, because we will have sportsmanship. You know, there was a situation where I, I needed to pause the game to tell you something, and and you kept on pausing because you didn't know what I was doing. Uh, we did, we went on chat at the time, so I got a five second violation. So you said, "Oh, you know, I'll." I'll... It's an injury. It was the DeRozan injury. You yeah. needed to wanted me to take a screenshot. That's right. Of it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I asked, uh, you know, you, you, oh, you, you offered, you said, you said um, oh, you know, I'll, I'll just give you the ball back. So you got a five-second violation, you know, res- basically reset the game. When something like that happens, or we get screwed over by the game some way, that you don't have that sportsmanship online usually unless you are playing with a friend. You can't really do things like that. And it's just like, ah, you got screwed over by the game, Well, I'm going to take advantage of that. And competitively, I mean, that that is fair enough. But at the same time, you can have that friendlier experience while still being very competitive. And uh, you, you have more experience, especially recently playing uh, human versus human. So there is a there is a reason on top of everything else. You know, I will uh, see to you here and say that you are the superior head to head player uh, in this uh, in this respect, this, which is why you are four and zero in our showdown so far. But um, yeah, it's um, it's it's been fun. Obviously, I had that moment of frustration in that game. I'm glad we finished it because Rajah Bell. His heroics, his Larry Bird-like heroics. He... People, people need to realize that. People need to realize it's okay for this stuff to happen. That's yeah. what makes it great. That's what creates video game legends. Next time you use Raja Bell, I'm going to have to guard him. I'm have oh, to get up it may never happen again. But if, even if it never happens again, what a cool story for us to tell here. What a cool experience that was. You know, I'm there, I'm laughing at some of those shots I'm making. Like I should not be making these shots, and you know, we're, we're you know we're chatting back and forth about it, um, you know, instant messaging back and forth about it. Yeah, it's uh, it, it was just so crazy to see. And again, like you say, it becomes one of those video game legends. This uh, this this moment of Raja Bell, much like I look back at my Live of Six. Um, Dynasty with the Bulls. I had a game where Eric Pietkowski just went off in the fourth quarter and won the game for me. Basically, I was able to just go off with him and hit a bunch of threes. So I gave him the start the next game just to you know because I felt you deserve it. You're you're a virtual player. You don't have a brain, but I'm going to give this to you. And it was it was kind of like that. Yes, I, I'll use the Bobcats again maybe. And uh, if I do, well, next time I play with them against the CPU or whatever, I'll, I'll put up some threes with uh, with Rajah Bell and see if I can replicate that. But even if I don't. What an amazing and and funny you know thing, and we've talked about that before about just laughing. Obviously, we we can't, we weren't on chat. We can't. We're not in the same <laughs> continent, so we can't we can't kind of be there on the couch laughing and joking with each other. But we did have that shared experience of seeing something <laughs> ridiculous of Raja Bell going off like a Steph Curry mixed with Larry Bird with some of those threes he was making, 
and it was a it didn't get me the win, but uh, it, was, it was pretty entertaining to see from my end. Well, it's funny because there was actually quite a few things that I really liked about that video. Um, the Warriors versus Bobcats matchup. The Roger Bell thing happened when I was up by like 13 or 14 and I felt like it was getting out of hand. Then he hit like three ridiculous threes in a row. Um, and it's like, and it got you right back into the game too. Mm. I, you got within like seven or five. Um, within three at one you point, yeah. On the other, and yeah, three, maybe even three at one point. Um, so that was ridiculous. Uh, and then just that play where you know i did a behind the back um with steven jackson and kicked it out to curry and hit that first three with him from real deep and it just like the net exploded that's yep. just oh it's very curry it's very curry like very like just the way the ball went in and then it went to the cut scene with him running back and you see the baby face assassin right there is is just like that was really cool and then Funny, you know, we were talking about how Boris Dia was like your Barkley, like he was just unstoppable at the beginning of the game, and then all of a sudden he misses like three point blank layups uh, in the second half, like two or three of them, and it's like, oh no, maybe he's not your best player. Yep, that's uh, that's that's uh, even out. That's maybe it's Raja Bell or, or um, Wallace. Gerald Wallace. Uh, oh, the yeah, windmill! Really just... The windmill by Wallace was nice on the break. Oh my god! Now that I said, you know, Gerald Wallace at one point turned into Dominique Wilkins. Um, and you had that really nice um, drive baseline windmill move. Um, but yeah, there's been there's been a lot of fun highlights and a lot of fun moments over the last few games that we played. Uh, the second game that we played was, um, let's see, oh yeah, the the booze for, for Vince Carter. Um, yes, the, the Orlando versus what a nice touch. Oh, for sure. For that game, you know, every time Carter caught the ball, he was getting booed. It was really, it motivated me to shut him up. And I actually had a really good um, game with Vince. But, you know, you had that spin move, drive baseline with DeRozan towards the beginning of the game into a finger roll. Um, I had a couple huge dunks with Vince Carter. I had a really big putback dunk with Dwight Howard. They're just the, it's, it was fun. Like, it's just a lot of fun moments that happened. And it doesn't work 100% perfect on your end. But hell, I mean, the fact that we can even play like this, I'm impressed. It, it really is. And, and again, like you said, how easy it was to set up. You know, so we definitely encourage everybody to, to give it a go. About the Vince Carter being booed, apparently they got in trouble for that, which is a shame. The NBA didn't like it, so they couldn't uh, do it again. But the really cool thing about it, and I, I, did this, I did a Way Back Wednesday video on this, is that he will, get, he will get booed in Toronto if he's on any other team, including Orlando by default and then Phoenix and the uh, the 2011 season roster update that came through when Elite 11 was cancelled, of course. But if you trade him back to Toronto, he doesn't get booed. It's not attached to Vince Carter being booed whenever he's in Toronto. There is actually a condition there in that script that says that recognizes, oh, he's back, he's a Raptor now, we like him again. That's cool too. Yeah, see, that's really, that's the touch, right? Mm. That's the touch they used to have. That's the stuff they were trying. That's the authenticity portion. I, I did want to say this too, that my brother and I were, were talking about this and we thought it was great. And then it kind of soured a second later. So in NBA live 2004, uh, they chant Larry when you're using Larry bird, um, in the fourth quarter, if you're playing well with him or whatever. So when Larry bird was catching the ball in live 2004, as you were playing a legends game, the, the Celtics crowd was chanting Larry. And we were like, Oh my God, this is like specific. This is, Larry's on because we use the Celtics. They're like Larry's on the Celtics. They're chanting Larry. Then the next possession, Magic had the ball and they were chanting Magic, and are just like, oh, 
That's a shame, yeah. The Celtics fan, yeah, that was a shame. So I was like, is the Celtics re- the Celtics crowd really champions? Because we had Magic and Larry on the team, and they're, they're chanting Magic. But anyway, when they were doing the Larry chant, we were like, this is so cool. I didn't because know they had Boston. that in Life 2004, so that's cool. I did, I'll have to go back and play. I mustn't have played enough with the Legends teams on, the, on, on Live 04. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, so, yeah, Live 10, uh, it's been fun. Uh, we definitely have a couple ideas for uh, other gameplay videos related to NBA Live 10, like different matchups and whatnot. Um, any matchups you would like to see, you know, from the community, let us know. Uh, I love doing community requests. I used to do them all the time for definitely. my channel. Definitely, uh, yeah. uh, any games you want to see, too. Hey, you know, Derek and Andrew, if you guys have it, put this, uh, can you, you know, do this matchup on this game and or play this game and we can try to get a matchup going. Uh, we still have to work out a few things. You might try a different controller, etc. But, I mean, it works well enough for content creation. So that's good. And it really has made, as I said at the top of the show, NBA Live 10 has, has now become my, my new retro jam. I, I kind of go through these phases every so often where I'll pick up a game for a while and really get obsessed with it and I had it out uh, this uh, this weekend, actually getting some more screenshots for future articles. I had a couple of further Wayback Wednesday ideas for, for future articles that I needed screenshots for. Spent way too long getting a, a Jamison Curry screenshot that, re- that, represent, that reflects one of the few shots of him in his uh, 3.9 seconds of court time. So <laughs> I spent way too long uh, on getting that. I'll, I'll put that out on Twitter before the uh, article comes out, actually. Uh, so look out for that if it's not already out by the time that uh, you're listening to this. But uh, yeah, it, it was definitely you know it, it's been a lot of fun despite by some some teething problems I suppose and, and you've upgraded your uh, internet connection and blistering fast speed now with uploads and downloads so we've been trying a few things you've done that I'll be trying a few things from my end as as well but it, it's been very rewarding to uh, to try even as I said when there's been those fr- uh, moments of frustration and to echo something that I said to you uh, on um, my instant messenger. It, it does actually make me appreciate what 2K does with its servers as far as trying to get that uh, low-latency experience <laughs> to actually get that uh, a proper online experience. That being said, 2K servers do have a lot of problems. Um, that's that's my nice version of, of <laughs> what, I, what I said about it at the time because I have had a lot of issues, as, as many of us had, with 2K servers. But to try and get no, uh, no delay as far as both input and, and receiving the data and everything, it's... Uh, you know what? It's kind of like when you try and program something yourself. You do actually, re- you do realize that it's not as easy as as sometimes we think it might be, especially with their resources. But that being said, I do wish that they would uh, fix their servers sometimes. Yeah, I think I think it's important though for the game to also accommodate uh, a poor connection via appropriate attributes, tendencies, and gameplay, right? So remember, we were try- we we tried to jump into a game of NBA 2K21 um, on PC when it first came out, and just the players just let's not even count the lag. Just the players going up and down the floor felt incredibly sluggish, and trying to make a pass felt incredibly delayed because of the heavy animations, right? Um, because they were just heavily canned animations and and whatnot, and we were just dropping the ball constantly, and it just wasn't that fun. So. Even with lower late, like with um, latency issues where there maybe be is a slight input delay, they could make the experience that much better by having better, more responsive, fast, fun gameplay out of the gates. Like by default. Agreed. And I think the reason why NBA Live 10 works so well is because even though there might be a little bit of slight like input delay on your end, the gameplay accommodates 
that delay. As in, the game is fun, it's reactive, um, it makes sense as far as moving on defense and offense, etc. Um, and it's forgiving in many ways as well. So I think that I think that's the thing that doesn't fly with me. Like, okay, okay, connection issue. There's going to be connection issues, but let's look at the core gameplay and why, how that's affecting the experience. So, yeah, I, I, think, I just I, want to make sure. That, yeah, you know. I, I think you've touched on something interesting there as to why, because we, as we said, we've had problems with other games trying to get them to to flow as pro, as as, uh, as well as Live Ten, and we thought, okay, the earlier we go, the less intense it's going to be to. Uh, Less, less resource intensive these games are because they're more primitive. It's it's going to be a better experience. Not necessarily the case, and and that does come down to the games and, and how we're running them, I suppose. But Live Ten, as you say, is designed in a way that 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 input lag doesn't it it hasn't ruined the experience. And I've, it's gotten to the point where obviously I am at a slight disadvantage because I have to kind of guess sometimes because I am getting it uh, the the delay of it being sent and then the added delay of me sending the uh, the input back it's sometimes it's hard to take advantage of a situation where normally i would make a very quick crisp pass um or, or i'd see a gap but by the time that i'm able to react to it the gap is as closed or i'm not able to make that pass because of the as quickly as i'd like because of the input delay the input lag which is uh, still a problem with 2k online as of 2k 21 <laughs> as the case may be sometimes but but apart from that Life 10 does seem to accommodate that to a certain extent, more so than any other game we've played, which is interesting, but it's, it's again, it's made Live 10 our, our game of choice. And I, I feel I've gotten a little bit better, with, with being, especially with jump shots. I, I know now that, that I can't hold it down as if I'm playing locally. I have to guess. I, and I think I'm getting the timing down just a little bit better. Well, we're shooting a very close percentage actually. Um, and if you actually watch the Lakers video, your, all your Fisher shots are on point. Like you're releasing it perfectly, um, which is why they're splashing. So no, it's and I think that my updating my internet connection helped as well. I think it feels a little bit better on your end, uh, which you even stated during the Celtics finals game, um, Celtics Lakers finals game. Um, I do want to make a point though about the whole paint defense thing that you and I discussed. Paint defense is tough in that game anyway. True. And what ends up happening a lot of times is my input delay trying to jump and block a shot. I have it because that's the way the animations work. So trying to stop Tyson Chandler down low in that first quarter was impossible for me. Yes, folks, Tyson Chandler, the guy who's not great on offense, looked like Akeem Olajuwon for a good portion of the first quarter because when I tried to jump and block him, I was too slow to react. When I tried to, you know, and the timing, um, the, the animation was too slow to match with the shot, so you were just putting shots up over me. If you get an offensive rebound and you're right under the hoop and I try to jump and block you, the chances of me actually stopping that are almost zero. Um, That's they're true, very yeah. low. So we're both fighting that paint stuff. It's why it's why Dia, um, Boris Dia, looked like Barkley for a good stretch there because it's like I can't stop him right now, and I think that is a flaw in Live Ten. Um, is you know that dominance down low, regardless of really who you're using. Uh, so I think that's uh, and, and, and the delay on defense where the offense gets an advantage. But if you really think about it, that was also a big issue with NBA 2K13. Not as much to the delay, but that ridiculous dominance in the paint Definitely. and around the hoop. Definitely, yeah. Uh, I killed the 2K, and not to go too on about this, but we had a NBA 2K13 season set up for me and my brothers and I. 
I set it up. I worked tireless hours just moving teams in and out to create my own URB. I was using the URB uh, rosters made by Skim, uh, Slim and Sco and whatnot. And the first game, I was using Westbrook in the 11-12 Thunder. And I did like eight spin dunks that were unstoppable on the hardest level on my brother, Mark. And just eight, like, it was like eight in a row, no joke, on possessions. I just kept spinning and dunking on him, and we never played it again. So, (laughs) because he was putting, he was jumping to block it, and his, his hand was going through the ball. And it was just allowing me to dunk on him over and over and over and over again. So, unfortunately, all that work I put into that roster to get it ready for us to do an ultimate classic teams type season just got destroyed by me doing those spin dunks. But, yeah, that's my story about 2K13 and why we stopped playing it. I, I do remember that with uh, with 2K13, the uh, which was great when I was playing my career in 2K13 because I, if, if nothing else, I could just take my player in and dunk. And that's that's how I shot 60 70% one season. So, <laughs> yeah, that's... that's 13 uh, is a game. It's a great game. It's it just is that, is that issue. Yeah. yeah, it's it's very even the best games we've discussed. I think we've touched on this before that even the best games still have that one issue. We haven't seen that perfect game yet. We've, we've, seen, we've seen some games that have been pretty damn good, but there's, even the best of them, there's at least one issue you can pick out. Even even if it's just a, a weird bug or just a weird quirk of the gameplay, it's it's still you can still have a lot of fun with it. But it's it sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah, one of those games is two K seventeen, one of our favorite. Um, it's one of my favorite 2Ks of all time. Maybe my favorite. It's up there. Um, you know, the pick and rolls are a little bit too easy against the P, um, the CPU, and the brick wall defense is a little bit too much. Um, so even a game like that, um, definitely, that we love, um, has a few of those issues, um, teething problems, etc. But, no, I, again, you know, just to recap this uh, and circle back, it has been really fun and it's something that i look forward to you know trying different games seeing how well we can make it work um you know revisiting a title like nba live 10 uh i encourage people to check out those gameplay videos those highlight videos please do we really yeah we we need we really need another competitor in the space and you know every time we boot up an nba live and actually have a good time with it it, it's a little sad Mm. because yeah i know what you mean they they should be there right now um, they should be competing. Be. They should be releasing games, and they could be competing. Um, and you know, we, we we visit NBA Live Ten, and I think you can agree, it's a whole like what could have been type situation. So, have you has, has, has your opinion of Live Ten changed at all? I, I have to say that I'm, I'm enjoying it even more because I've always had a pretty high opinion of it, but I've I really. Again, it's become my my jam, and it's kind of become our jam at the moment with it, and we. You know, not to get too off topic, but we played NBA Jam 2010 as well. That was interesting trying to play such a frenetic game uh, with some lag. That was very hard to defend in that game, I can tell you. <laughs> that was a bit of a struggle, but well, we might get that one going as well. But yeah, I've always felt very positive about Live 10, but I, uh, I, th- I think I have a new appreciation for it now. I feel better about it um, than I did before we started playing it. And the reason is, is because my brothers had moved on from... NBA Live because, like I had stated, you can't, you couldn't do multi-team use in season mode or Dynasty or anything like that. So we weren't able to like start seasons together, which is what we do. Um, so we had moved on to 2K10. So we didn't spend a lot of time with NBA Live 10 back then, if if any, really. Um, I know that I had picked it up and played it a bit, but Mark and Nick didn't play it. Um, so 
revisiting it and actually playing it against you, another human, and which brings out the best in the gameplay, has made me really appreciate what they did with the game. It feels a lot better against a human. Um, the the gameplay, it works really well on the emulator. Both of us own physical copies of the game, but it just works really well and looks really good on the emulator. Um, it's missing depth, obviously the depth that I need with my brothers to get them to play it, but from a gameplay perspective and atmosphere perspective, like between the lines gameplay perspective, I've definitely grown a new appreciation for it, and it's been really fun. Like using Curry in that Warriors team was fun. <laughs> Even in the jerseys? I, Even in the gold standard jerseys? <laughs> those jerseys. Those jerseys look absolutely terrible. They look like really cheap shirts that you'd buy at, like, Savers. You probably don't have one of those around here, uh, around there, but um, something you'd buy, like, for $5 off the rack like a knockoff shirt. Um, but, hey, you know what? It, it wasn't about that. It was about the personnel. But it, it's also kind of cool that you were able to just, like, put that code in. I want people to realize how cool Parsec is. So just really quick, Andrew was able to be as – basically, he connects to my machine. Like, he can see my desktop. He can see everything that I'm doing. Um, but he was able to take control of NBA Live 10, even though I was hosting it, put in the code to get the appropriate Bobcats jerseys, the cheat code. We love cheat codes, right? The oh, cheat cool. code. Yeah. Um, in the bo- to get the Bobcats jerseys and those Warriors jerseys, and then we were able to play with them and upload the highlights. I mean, how cool is that? The game's like 11 years old, 11, 12 years old, and we're putting in cheat codes and, and playing, and you're on the other side of the world. I just, I think that's it's wild. Cool. It's wild, yeah. It's, 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 and it's funny to say because I've obviously played a lot of online team play, which is a, a pretty advanced feature that I can jump into this virtual world and join other players. But, but just be, to be able to set that up ourselves through a, a freely available program, which, as you said, five minutes or so to, at, at most to, to install, to download, install, and set up and everything, and it's all free. Again, I must agree, uh, brand new appreciation for the game myself. Uh, it's, it's becoming one of my favorites. I'm looking forward to playing more games, and obviously we're going to be trying to get that uh, the, the lag as, as low as possible, and we'll try some other things. And as we as we said, but yeah, I'm looking forward to to, uh, to doing that and, and to play more games. Just play more games with you, but obviously we're making content about it as well. And I'm, I do encourage everybody to check that out. And and you know what? Go back and give NBA Live 10 another look. It's it's it deserves it. It's it's worth it. It will make you listen. I, I'll just say this to gamers: find a way to give 2K10 and Live 10 look side by side and see what Live was doing different than 2K at the time and see how well it hold up held up. You'd be surprised. So all those people that say, well, live's been dead, they've been getting killed by 2K for years, go put those games side by side and really look at them for what they are. Get on the sticks and whatnot. It's definitely worth revisiting NBA Live 10. Uh, it's, uh, it was a, it's been an eye-opener, honestly, this week uh, doing this, and we'll definitely have more games you know, moving forward. There's other games that I want to try, obviously. Uh, I'd love to get a game of 2K8 with you on that crowd cam the uh the isometric cam which is like mimics nba live the old camera um there's you know we tried to boot up nba live 98 it didn't work that well but i'd like to finish a game with you on nba live 98 on that cam as well uh so there's definitely a lot of things that we want to do uh but i encourage people like you said check out nba live 10 it's worth it and uh give raja bell a go as well and no carlton for rashid wallace come on that was weird <laughs> but, that was weird. Like, why have him do that? I mean, I, I you know, I, I'm that. giving him a technical on that one. 
Yeah. Oh, by the way, did you see that Gerald Wallace was limping after that windmill dunk you did? I did. It's on yeah. The yeah. It's it's yeah. funny because there is an unused injury mechanic in Live Ten, which which again speaks to the depth or the lack thereof that we were talking about. But yeah, sometimes players will take a hard hit and. The commentary will acknowledge it. Marvel say, "Oh, we took a hard hit there. It looks to be limping, and, and they will be limping, or maybe holding a back or holding a head after the, the shot." But then they just shake it off because there's no injury mechanic. But again, what could have been? Because there was clearly something there that was supposed to be proper injuries, and not not just injuries based on fouls. Because lives injuries were always it had to be a shooting foul, either the defender or the offensive player on the collision getting a foul. But there were fouls, uh, there were injuries rather on not on on, on contact, obviously, but not on foul calls necessarily. It, it's a shame that didn't come through. Right, because Gerald Wallace would have been injured on that play. Because you drove baseline, there was no foul, you did a nice windmill dunk, and then as you were walking back, he was limping. Just came so, down hard, yeah. Yeah, that's, a, that's an instance. But right, so really good cutscenes in that game too. Like overall, like I, I just, I don't Ch- know. Check it I out, people, yeah. That's, if, if our enthusiastic uh, <laughs> uh, recap of what we've been doing this week isn't enough, uh, see for yourself. I, I think people have a brand new appreciation, as we do, for uh, NBA Live 10. Absolutely. Also, I want to point something out. Send us your videos. Sounds right. ridiculous, but send, send us your gameplay. Post like, them in the forum, yeah. NBA Live 10. yeah. Yeah, not just NBA Live 10. Um, other games, you know, like, I don't know. I, I, I'd like to get to a point where maybe the NLSC showcases other people's gameplay or something like that. I'd put together the highlights. You've seen my setup. It works. Um like, I don't know, there's just a lot of opportunity there. I think that Parsec opens up a world of opportunity, too. Maybe there's people on the NLSC that want to play against each other. Maybe somebody makes a thread of NLSC matchups, and they connect on Parsec, and we, sh- we display the highlights. There's just a lot, lot of opportunities. There's the li- it's basically limitless what we could end up doing. Indeed. So, once again, check out Live 10, and uh, stay tuned for some more content from us. And from one fun thing to another, Derek, it's time for the mailbag. Yeah, a lot of questions, actually, um, and we're going to have to push quite a few of them to future shows. Uh, but again, great questions. Um, thank you for interacting with the show, and keep them coming because uh, this is a segment that we can truly rely on um, every um, every single week, and that's because of you. So thank you. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, it's always great to get those questions each and every week. Yes, we do have a, a bit of a, a glut at the moment, but we do not mind at all. We will be getting to those in due course. But our first question this week comes from KidCash202, KidCash202 on Twitter, asks, Do you think our attitudes about modern basketball games would be different if we avoided the internet completely? I often wonder how folks that aren't as deep into this view these releases. This is something I've thought about before, especially when it comes to sim gaming and, and how a lot of us would get really in-depth of what we wanted to see as far as how much realism and everything, and sometimes we got a bit of a rude shock when the games tried to uh, give us what we wanted, or what we thought we wanted. But I, I think this is this speaks to internet culture in general, Derek, that to a certain extent we are in a bubble, the hardcore fans that are just part of the discourse, and, and sometimes that discourse can be very negative or cynical. We've been part of that ourselves, we, we've, I think we've felt it sometimes, and we've thought, okay, we need to lighten up a bit, or certainly I have, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but... I think that it is a big part of internet culture, not just with basketball gaming, but gaming in general, hobbies in general. So I, I do wonder about, about that as well, whether people that are just playing the games and not really getting online to talk about them, how they feel about it. Our feelings would be completely different in a lot of ways for the fact that the games wouldn't be designed the same. 
if the internet didn't exist and on the, that means that online play wouldn't be um such a focus right you wouldn't see all the stuff about builds all the commentary about builds um you know all the clickbait videos all of that stuff um and you know a lot of the commentary that actually makes you kind of pissed off like you wouldn't see any of that what would end up happening is is the games would be focused more on the authenticity element element uh the nba portion uh there'd be more focus on market uh on marketing that um you know through your television uh and whatnot and other and by other means there would be more of a focus on uh, another benefit would be there'd be more of a focus on going over a friend's house calling up a friend and saying hey come on over let's play uh and there would be that enhanced experience that we were just talking about um you know with co-op um you know obviously we're not you're in australia and here i am in new hampshire usa um but you know it would be more of that you know in person though experience and i think that that's still you know the ideal and most fun way to play so it would help the human interaction element like the actual human interaction element not like with a headset on and whatnot so i think that yeah i think our our outlook on games I feel like I sound like Chris Weber right now. He's a rambling. Um, I think our outlook on games, these basketball titles would be different for the main fact that they wouldn't be, the games wouldn't be being made the same. Well, I, I, I think more... he's still talking about the games still having an online component. He's talking about people not coming online to talk about them. Like people who would just, they'll go out and buy the game every year, but they're not getting into forums or social media or Reddit or anything. They're just playing the games. Are, are they not no. getting caught up in the discourse yeah well no the experience is still the same no because the the on-court frustrations are still the same so no i i don't think that um it would make people feel much better about the games um in fact i think people that do have these frustrations with the games um you know wouldn't have a place to sound off right Mm. uh they wouldn't have you know etc if they weren't on the internet and didn't have these outlets to sound off on the issues with the game. They wouldn't be able to vent that frustration. So the things that they're frustrated with, if the gameplay was exactly the same and the connection issues were exactly the same and all of that stuff, then I think it's the, that those people would just possibly be even more frustrated. I, th- um, I think the frustration would be there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I do think about it because, um, Obviously, there with um, professional wrestling, there is what they call the IWC, the Internet Wrestling Community, which I have dabbled in as, as well elsewhere on the on the internet, uh, discussing my uh, my love of that particular uh, pseudo sport, um, and and it's often come up in discussions there that compared to the overall audience of, of WWE or AEW or any other wrestling promotion, that the people that go online to talk about it and what they want to see in the storylines and who's which which are their favorites they want to see. Uh, win titles and win matches and be featured performers. There's a lot more complaints about that. There's a lot of focus on the meta, what's going on behind the scenes, rather than necessarily the the show that's being put on within the within discussions in in the internet wrestling community. So there, it's been brought up a couple of times in discussion about there's a lot of people who just watch wrestling, uh, not as many as they used to be actually, but nevertheless, there's a lot of people that just watch it week to week. The numbers are there to prove that. And and they don't come on online to to talk or to complain about it. They just 
watch the product and, and take it as, as it is. They, which, to your point, they probably do have their criticisms, naturally, um, and, and, and episodes they don't like or wrestlers that they don't like and that they're supposed to like and don't. That's that's a problem with wrestling when the baby face is coming off as the uh, the villain instead of the heel. But uh, th- there is that, that talk that the IWC is very uh, hypercritical and, and gaming communities can be like that as well. Uh, so if somebody is just playing... Uh, just just playing a my nba or my league offline and they're just playing it they're not coming online they're not really bothering with the online scene uh, is is there a chance that they might be enjoying the game just taking it at face at face value obviously 10 million people was also 8 10 million people buy nba 2k every year so that there's probably a lot of people that are just enjoying the game and not really bothering about the things that we're talking about which is you know, to us seems weird because we're so passionate about it but there probably are some people who are just not really not really getting involved in the discourse or maybe not even playing online. Maybe they're only playing online or if they're playing online, they're only jumping online to see a, a build video and then they don't, don't bother with the discussion or anything. They're just back to the game. I, I, I do wonder about that. I mean, think about how many people though are not on social media. Very few. And think about how many kids are not on social media. Mm. Very few. Um, so I think it's incredibly telling and helpful to see what I've talked about, you know, we talked about the reception on NBA 2K18, you you know, going from Metacritic scores, you know, on 2K17 and prior from, you know, you know, a 6 or a 7 or more positive reviews and, and positive feedback to like a 1 or a 0.8 or something like that. Like, and then you see the difference in reaction and comments under these threads where a developer will say something or somebody who's an influencer will say something about the game or they'll ask a question or something like that or somebody like you know there's so many different names i'm not going to name all of them but and then you see the negative reaction um to the game a lot more i think that's telling i i I don't think that it, it can be easily said that well maybe there's there's a lot of people that just are not complaining um because look you can see trends you can see what people are complaining about what's being complained about the most the commonalities etc so i don't know i i think that there's obviously people that enjoy the games i but i think that there's people more frustrated and burnt out than ever on 2k well, and a, I think you can agree with that. I, I do. Uh, from a personal from a personal standpoint, I, I do think even if I wasn't a content creator, if I wasn't doing this podcast or my articles or or discussing on social media and in a forum, I, I think I would have the same complaints. I, I just wouldn't be voicing them. So I, I think the frustration is definitely there that uh, that people are having. But uh, I mean, maybe some some of the some of the discourse, by, but that they avoid is that uh, they have a more positive outlook because they're not worrying about this or that it, it reminds me again of the discussions of of uh of the sim gamers versus more casual players or not necessarily arcade players but a more casual approach to sim those of us that were really hardcore into wanting the games to be as realistic as possible always had the complaints that more casual gamers were like oh you know i I'm, I'm just enjoying it for what it is so i'm not saying that's necessarily not as right or wrong it, it's it's your personal preference but it, it is interesting uh, so, sometimes I think uh, internet discourse can be can skew negatively. Uh, I, I do think uh, sometimes, but at the same time, we've also seen uh, a lot of two K discourse skew uh, very unnaturally positively, or we, we've seen influencers trying to steer it in a too positive direction to the point where people are discouraged from voicing their, their complaints. So it's kind of weird in that respect. 
Yeah, well, a red flag is a red flag. If you if you go from releasing a game and you're seeing mostly positive reception online, um, on the various social media platforms, um, etc., from actual users on the ground, I'm not talking about paid reviewers. If you go from a positive, mostly positive reception, excitement, etc., to woefully negative on the you know following releases, and you're a developer. How do you look at how do you look at that? That's a red flag, right? Yeah. If you're the suits and you see that, that's a red flag, etc. So, um, it's good that people have a voice. It is good that you know we do have the internet and there's people out there um, doing this because it shows trends, it shows the burnout, it shows you know maybe this is an area where the game needs to improve. And hey, we need competition in the space because or something new because there is burnout here. But I want you to go back to the way I originally answered the question because that's the way I took it at first is let's say we didn't have the internet at all. I want you to think about, and we could do a whole show on this, how the games would possibly be made without the internet today. It, yeah, so, it would be very franchise-focused. About how they would yeah. be promoted, right, right, how they would be promoted, what would be the focus modes, how the gameplay would be focused on, um, how different the game might be. So I actually don't regret answering it that way because it's something that you can really think about um, because with the constant push to online, to making builds, um, to that individual player control, all of that stuff, um, think about how wildly different basketball gaming would be without that online element. Gaming in general. Yeah, absolutely. The second part where he mentions, though, often wondering how folks that aren't as deep into it uh, view the releases I'm guessing people that aren't online, as you said, a lot of people, most people are online in uh, in some capacity these days, whether they're pre- frequently posting or, or whatever, they're, they're still connected, they're still checking out the discourse, checking out the build videos, or as, as the case may be, and how to, how to win at my team, whatever. So I, I suppose people that aren't really into that scene aren't, are likewise not really experiencing the online elements of the game, whether it's online multiplayer or my team connected experiences, whatever. So yeah, it, it just comes down to whether they enjoy the game at, uh, at face value, I, I suppose. But uh, it is an interesting uh, thing to ponder because obviously they're not talking about it online. So it's hard to say what their, uh, what their opinions are, I suppose. It doesn't make the skating go away. That's it true. doesn't make defensive lapses go away. It doesn't make being able to just run wide and go in for a free dunk go away. It doesn't make the defensive logic where they just let you run by them because they're focusing on another player go away. It doesn't make the canned animations go away. It, it doesn't make the de- heavily delayed passing because you're being sucked into other players go away. It doesn't make you, you know, the dropping the ball when you face up go away just like, trying to like do a move after a face up, just randomly dropping the ball. It doesn't make the body steals go away. So that that's the point that I guess that's how I'll answer it. The frustration would still be there, but they just wouldn't have the same outlet to voice it. And it's a very good possibility. They wouldn't be heard. So that is kind of like my answer to the question. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think it doesn't change the frustration. If anything, it might even add to it. Who knows? So, and there might there might be some people out there who that uh, that are just taking the game at face value. That they're not really worrying about the realism or the accuracy as as we do. We are probably more prone to do it because we are so passionate that we are involved in the discourse and involved in the community with uh, both from a discussion standpoint and a content creation standpoint. But uh, 
yeah, there's, there's probably some people out there that uh, as, as not uh, not worrying about it as much. But uh, yeah, uh, to your point, I think it is great that we do speak out and that we do have the platform because for many years, uh, getting in touch getting in touch with developers was was hard. It was you know, who has a connection, obviously, and now that they are that they are for better or worse, sometimes uh, more accessible. We can at least give the feedback uh, more directly. Right, exactly, and and it's nice to have that. It, but I will say this in response to what he said: one one of the problems is feeling the frustration of not being heard when you put it out there. And I think that that's really underrated. And I think I can agree where um, that one problem is: is you'll comment on an influencer's thread. Uh, or on the main video game thread or to the main video game account, you know, people that work on the game, etc. And you'll say, hey, listen, this is, you know, a problem with the game. Um, why are you promoting this and not talking about this? Why are you silent on this? And getting no response can definitely add to frustration. I totally agree with that. So that is one downside. And honestly, that's more often the case, Right. You, it, the more often the case is you feel like you're speaking to a brick wall or, yelling or, at the or wind, not, yeah. Yeah, not being yeah. listened to and yelling at the wind. So uh, I agree with that. I, I think that that's one of the frustrations of Internet feedback, etc. And, of course, being online allows you to check out mods as well, which is a big part of what we do. Yeah, there's a lot of good mods going on on the uh, NLSC, uh, and people need to check those out. So thank you once again for that question. And moving on to the second question, it comes from Sega Geek Navare in the forum and asks us, uh, in Live 14, did we happen to see the hilarious character model of uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo? Uh, leads to ask, what are some of the most off-character models of players that we've seen in NBA Live or NBA 2K? Oh boy, has there been a few. And uh, yes, I actually had to go back and look at that Giannis because I, I'd forgotten about it, but that was his first season. And wow, they, they really did him dirty. Derek, they, that was not a good Giannis in Live 14. Was he ever bald like that? I don't think I so. Mean, that, that, yeah, that doesn't look anything like him. So I think uh, one of the things, there's a couple puzzling things about NBA Live 14. They had that long um, development cycle. Uh, I know that there was fumbling as far as like who would work on the game. They changed teams, etc. Um, and But you know, to come back with Live 14 and have so many faces be off and then the lack of face scanning... Um, is so many players just look completely unrecognizable. That was pretty disappointing. It's it's the opposite of the way you expected them to come back. Uh, Russell Westbrook in Live 14 looks absolutely terrible. It is one of the worst faces I've ever seen. He doesn't look human a lot of the time on the floor as far as like his face, his facial expressions. Uh, to give them credit, when Russell Westbrook was the Live 16 cover athlete, they really... Um, did an amazing job on Westbrook. It looks exactly like it. I think it's a great Westbrook. They got his signature shot right, all that stuff. But yeah, there are some really poor faces in Live 14. One of the worst faces I've ever seen, and I talked to you about this, for a player in video games, and it's shocking because he's he was the original cover athlete, was Allen Iverson's face in NBA 2K16. And I believe it was the same one in 2K15, but um, I, the one I remember the most is 2K16. My God, that looks absolutely nothing like Allen Iverson. There is no feature other than his hair, which is gray, by the way. They didn't make it black. It's gray in the release. There's, in his body doesn't look right. Um, I believe he was missing his tattoos as well on release, like some of his tattoos. It is was so disrespectful 
the way they made Allen Iverson in, two, in 2K16. It's one of the worst, in my opinion, in the history. I, do, I remember you mentioning that, and I remember going back and seeing that it was uh, rather <laughs> rather subpar, to say the least. I, I'm try, I was trying to think of who I thought uh, Giannis uh, looked like, uh, or, or this, the alleged Giannis in Life 14 looked like, should we say. Uh, Terry Crews, maybe? That's the closest. I mean, I, I don't... It looks nothing like Giannis. Like, if you showed me that screenshot and he wasn't in a, in that jersey, I would have absolutely no idea who that was. Yeah. It yeah. just it, it makes absolutely no sense. I, I don't get it. Uh, they released that. That's what's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that was didn't, didn't update it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because I've played Live 10, obviously, recently, I was going back through some of the old rosters because I have a few different rosters saved from the, the updates that they released throughout the uh, 2010 season. And the, the original Patty Mills, the, the the final version wasn't great, but the the first one was too light-skinned and he had gray hair. Uh, Dragic, Goran Dragic in that game, is, is even after all the updates, is just, I don't know who it is, it's just a generic white guy. It is not Dragic at all. Uh, even even Jeff Teague, it doesn't look right. So some of the, the some of the rookies and and, and uh, sophomores weren't uh, weren't looking right in that game. So Live Ten had a few. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki over the years, a lot of games Live and Two K have never never had a really good Dirk Nowitzki. No, they haven't. Um, the best Dirk Nowitzki, in my opinion, is actually on Two K Seventeen. Um, but otherwise, like in in Two K Fourteen, they had like we called him the Porcupine Dirk. He had like this blonde porcupine looking fro mm-hmm. it's yep. just really weird hair for him um so he had that in that game and then the other ones either make him look too old um or he's just missing dirk features entirely um he doesn't look good for the you know the 010 excuse me the 0203 dirk that they have in the game either uh there's just been some really puzzling choices on faces jamal crawford has had a couple games where he looked absolutely nothing like himself and then the the forum, the people in the forum were feverishly trying to make updates to him. David Robinson has looked mostly terrible since 2K18. Um, he, he's like, he lacks a neck. He lacks muscle. Um, his eyes are sometimes close to crossed. He doesn't, um, he, his face doesn't look even close to like David Robinson. He is in sore need of an update razor, if you're listening. Um or anybody else for, for 2K. David Robinson is in sore need of an update. Modders have tried. Um, they've made him look a little bit better, but uh, just some puzzling ones. I, I don't like the new Carl Malone that's in NBA 2K21. Not only is his body terrible, like he doesn't, like he lacks muscle. Carl Malone lacks size and muscle. Um, but his face, and there's like lazy elements of it. Like the 0304 Lakers version should be bald and he's not. Like they just put the jazz malone on the lakers and we're like hey there you go but yeah face wise uh that david robinson's not very good uh, what so. one just came to mind that uh obviously a player near and dear to your heart uh d brown oh my god yeah that's just not a good cyber face for d brown um somebody i think it was calvin chan uh who's working on the 2k19 roster uh for pc the retro single seasons, he made a perfect D Brown. He just looks awesome. And I actually converted it over to the 2K17 rosters that I do. By the way, we put that on and it wasn't working great for you. But how awesome is that mod? Oh, it's fantastic. The retro single yeah, seasons. love it. Yeah. 
I mean, the accuracy. I mean, I had a couple of sweet dunks with you on Tom Chambers, with Tom Chambers before we quit. Um, but just the courts, the jerseys, uh, it just it all fits. That was the, like, the 1990 really- mod that we were playing with, 8990. And the, the NBA on CBS scoreboard and logos and the, the wipes, fantastic. Spot on. That was made by Sticky Fingers. He did a really good job with that, with the NBA on CBS stuff. And uh, as people know, the 80s presentation um, was the CBS presentation. So that looks really cool um, and adds to the immersion. Just but like just the lighting in NBA 2K19 services, those single-season rosters. Like, really it just does, looks really yeah. cool. It really does. Yeah. Thinking of some other faces, uh, Joakim Noah in 2K9 and 2K10 is a bit ordinary. And that I use that in the Australian sense of um, the uh, the negative sense of ordinary, <laughs> a bit lackluster, shall I say? Uh, Kevin Durant in two K nine is is also strangely got a very strangely stretched face. I, I think I've shared that screenshot before with with you. I think I might have actually posted in the forum or on Twitter. Uh, somebody else that I was thinking of. I think Jason Williams in Live 08 was a bit off as well. Yeah, I, I want to point out too that. Um... Baron Davis in 2K6 was terrible. I, I shared a screenshot of it. Some of the faces in 2K6 are way off. They, I mean, just, you can tell that obviously they couldn't, they didn't do any face scanning for these guys. Uh, and, and I don't want to be hard on NBA Live 98. I love Live 98. We, were, we tried to revisit it. I played it recently and my brother was loving watching it. Has, I, I think it's a better, better gameplay and overall experience than Live 2000, excuse me, Live 2001 and Live 2002. But man, those faces in Live 98 kill me. It's it's the first 3D, uh, first 3D, 3D uh, live with first faces, and yes, some of them are very primitive to say the least. They look like clowns, yeah. And, and what happened was is is if you actually take a look at NBA Live '99, they did such an improvement on the faces. Huge. Like the faces in Live Night, it's huge. It, it's one of the biggest jumps. I think people should go back and check that out, or look up screenshots or gameplay videos. The the cyber face jump from Live '98 to Live '99, Live '99 is massive. One of the biggest in history, to be honest with you. Um, they did such a good job with Live 99. And actually, the you know what hurt Live 99, not to go on a tangent, but Antoine Walker's motion capture. I think that hurt the game. Like NBA, Antoine Walker was the cover athlete for NBA Live 99, and so the game adopted his shooting motion. And very, very high it, release, yeah. Yeah, and like I think it did other motion capture with him and whatnot. Uh, and I think it hurt the gameplay a little bit. My brothers and I talk about it sometimes, and his his release did not feel great in that game. And shooting is so important, but yeah, didn't stop him from shooting a million threes in real life. But wouldn't even be considered a, um, a million threes today. No, no. Back then it was. Yeah. Would have had that four point line that they always uh, always talked about. Of, uh, of course, it's not NBA Live or NBA 2K, but Fox Sports NBA Basketball 2000 will always get a mention here for some interesting-looking faces. Ugh. It's hard to even bring up a game like that because it's that poorly executed. But you compare it to Live like, 2000. To... Like, the tech was there. Live 2000, did a sp- its face is amazing. Yeah, we talked about that, by the way. These Live 2000 showcases them, too. Um, like on the lineup screen, and you're like, oh, my God, that is Paul Pierce. Like if somebody said to me, who is that, and he wasn't wearing a green jersey and it was just his face, I'd say that's Paul Pierce, right? So it's not like they didn't have the technology, um, but maybe not as much of a budget, maybe not the right minds on the project um, or artists on the project, etc. Fox Sports NBA basketball is forgettable. Let's just put it that way from 
in, in, in its entirety. It's, it's it's a pretty forgettable title. Or memorable for the wrong reasons, as the case may be. So, right, exactly. But the, I mean, those are some of the ones that jump out immediately uh, to me. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's been some great faces over the years, but there's been a few. The the fact that there's, I, I think, Live 2005 is the only Dirk because I, I did play that recently. That's that really stands out as that, that was a pretty good one. But they either get his hair wrong, or there's something off about his face or his eyes. Um, there's been a couple of odd Jason kids as well over the years. Some kind of squashed heads, or that just hasn't really got the head shape right. So it's it's often comes down to that is, is not getting that that skull that model properly done. And the early games like Alive '98, even through to about I think 2003, a lot of them were using the same a, a variety of head shapes and just kind of making the face fit on on the, on the selection of head shapes. So once players actually got their individual head shapes, they were a lot better. But we still got some models that were a bit off. Yeah, like, I mean, Kobe in 2K10 doesn't look good, and he was the cover athlete. Like, yeah. if you go back and look at 2K10 and you look at the Kobe Bryant's face, it's not very good. Um, there's, yeah, there's some, and even in recent games, Kobe hasn't looked looked that great um, out of the game. Admittedly, he looks a little bit better in 2K21 next gen, but his head is still too big for his body, and he's still kind of missing that Kobe look. Um, but it is better than um, what we've had what we've had in the past but yeah i mean if we wanted to i mean if you maybe we'll make a thread about this on the nlsc and just show screenshots of some of the worst faces because i'd love to get that iverson out there and uh you know the lack of improvement on david robinson etc that's definitely worth doing but on a more fun note i've thought about having maybe on on twitter and maybe facebook but certainly twitter just putting out um putting out the texture files from some of the games circa 2004 2005 and just seeing if people can guess from the texture file because some of them you know they look fine in game but the way they're actually spread out as a texture some of them uh, some of the players are like that's really that's him so it would be a fun guessing game i think to put the to actually extract the texture and just put that up there as a uh, just to put the texture out there and, and just to see if people can guess some of the players because because some of them you'd think who is that without, without it wrapped around the head shape some of them, especially 2004, because 2004 was kind of a, a step back from the faces, if you remember. So, yeah, it'd be kind of a fun guessing game, I think. Uh, two things with that. One, a player we forgot to mention, the Larry Bird in 2K18 is one of the worst faces in video game history. I've, I've posted the screenshot of that, and people couldn't believe how poor it looked. It doesn't look anything like Larry Bird. I don't know who that is. It's, that that does look like a plumber. That just looks like a random plumber. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> like, like actually a plumber. Yeah. Um... The, so Larry Bird's had some pretty poor faces, and the one in 2K21 isn't much better. His body isn't even close to right. He just his his face his it's just he's it's not very good even in um, next gen NBA 2K21 now. Um, but I do want to say something about that texture thing. So NBA 2K15 has a lot of modding limitations, and that's the way you actually have to find players um, in NBA 2K15 Explorer because they don't you know we didn't really have like a cyber face ID list, um, et cetera. I mean, I suppose we could have used the one from like 2K14, but the way that I was identifying players is bringing up the face color texture in the if editor for NBA 2K15 Explorer and identifying the face. So I was like, oh, this looks like Patrick Ewing. Let's put the PNG file and the face file together um, and overwrite another player in the default roster and see if I was right. Is that Patrick Ewing? And I was pretty good at getting him right. Um, but yeah, that's how we had to identify faces for 2K15 in the files is by looking at that that face color texture. It was a bit easier with the player package uh, 
names for uh, for live back in the day because we'd have the two first two letters of the first name and the, and the first uh, s- first five letters of the, of the surname, so it was a bit easier to find players uh, listed in the files. That being said, I will send you after we finish recording. I will send you one of the textures from Live 2004, and uh, next week we'll see if you get it. Yeah, that'd be fun. So thank you for the question, uh, Sega Geek Navare. Always appreciate the questions from you and from uh, Kid Cash, and we have some others from the Ball Pundit and. Uh, and a couple of other people on Twitter and so forth. So thank you. Please keep them coming. Uh, podcast at mb-live.com is where you can email them or you can send them to us on social media, which we'll be reading out shortly, or in our forum. Basically, any way you can get in touch with us, Derek. Uh, we want to hear from people. Absolutely. I love the interaction. Uh, we love the interaction on our recent highlight videos that we've been posting. Tell us what you would like to see um, as well. We wouldn't mind accommodating some of those uh, requests, uh, but just definitely keep interacting with the show. Um, it keeps us motivated each and every week. And with that being said, we are at the end of this week's show, episode number 375 of the NLC podcast. We thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed it. The NLC podcast comes out each and every week on the NLSC, which is mb-live.com. We're also on all the major podcatching apps and platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, to name just a few on those platforms, search for NLC Podcast, look for our logo, that will be us. And of course, please feel free to leave us a review, hopefully a positive one, on Apple Podcasts. And with that being said, Derek, let's plug our socials. Absolutely. Um, hopefully we'll record Holding Court with D for 3 episode 17 soon. Hopefully I can find the time and space to do that. Um, otherwise, please get to me on Twitter at D for 384 That's where I'm the most active. Um, and please follow my new handle um, at D for 3 G, the G stands for gaming. I've been more active on my YouTube, uploading gameplay videos of Live 10 and whatnot. Definitely um, tune into my YouTube channel, D for Three. I'm on the NLSC as a team member over there, and I've been making faces. Um, you can get to me on there, D for Three, and I'm also on Instagram at D for 384. Once again, I am Andrew in the forum, and I have various features that come out each and every week Monday tip off, Wayback Wednesday, and Friday 5. By the name, I'm sure you can guess which days they come out on. And of course, this NLC podcast every Sunday. On Twitter, I am Andrew NLSC. The NLSC itself is on social media. On Facebook and Twitter, we are the NLSC. On Instagram, we are NLSC Basketball. Our YouTube is NBA Live Series Center. And of course, keep it locked to the NLSC itself, mb-live.com, for everything we do for basketball video games. But yes, that's all for this week. So thank you once again for joining us. Until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Derek. Go get buckets, everyone.